following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome, sports fans, back to the most courageous, exceptional sports history podcast out there. The Retroactive Sports Podcast. I am Howard Cosell, communicating you from the grave to let you know how amazing this show is. Yes! Is that Marv Alberts right there? Yes! Well, without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Johnny Townsend and Andrew Lenz. Wow. Wow. What what an intro from two legends, Andrew. I don't know how we pulled that off. We spare no expenses here. We're the John Hammond of podcasts. Yes. Yes. You know how hard it was? How many Ouija boards I had to go to? to Quite get a few. Howard, Howard Cozell. And you know what's really sad is I just had to look up to see if Marv Alberts was still alive, too. I can answer that for you. Yes! (laughs) Do you remember when uh, Marv Albert uh, was boiled in controversy? Yes. (laughs) Oh, there we go. Yes! And from what I remember, it's been a long time, but from what I remember, in today's standards, it would have been nothing. (laughs) Didn't he bite like a girl or something? Yes! He did, now that you're bringing that back to me. But I thought the main thing was of like how he liked to dress himself in those moments, wasn't it? Uh, I'm looking. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're doing a Google thing. Okay. Oh, by the way, like... by the way, today's show is about the voices in sports. <laughs> yes, as <laughs> we look up lovely activity. Okay, the woman accused Albert of throwing her onto the bed, biting her, and then okay, now I feel worse about this, <laughs> and then forcing her to perform oral sex. After a February 12th, 1997 argument in his Pentagon City hotel room. All right, so he's awful. Okay, all right. Wow, he's... Another- did he dr- Why did I only remember the fact that he, like, he dressed in a non-conventional way for what was considered to be a man during those moments? Like J. Like making- Hoover? Yeah, yeah. He Hoovered That's it. how we know we're history fans. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, he totally Hoovered it from what I remember. Uh, not Herbert. J. Edgar. Yeah, I'll look. I'll I'll Google. Did Marv Albert uh, Hoover? <laughs> uh, there's a lot of stuff with this guy. After tests proved the bite marks were his, he pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor assault. I remember that they did test on that. I don't know why that brings, because I guess because I'm so into basketball. I just remember that now specifically that they got the teeth marks or whatever tested. Well, the sodomy charges charge was dropped. Albert was given a 12-month suspended sentence. And then he returned. Didn't he come back? NBC re- rehired him two years. Yeah, he's, he's. I mean, he still does games from time to time. <laughs> oh, here's what it is. Yeah. Uh, Marv Albert was accused of wearing women's underwear and bodying and sexually assaulting a woman while he was wearing uh, women's undergarments and a garter belt. Well, have you ever seen Bull Durham? Well, yeah. I mean, Yes. You need to do this for panel discussion. <laughs> That's the only thing I can do. And it's That's not fine. even good. That's fine. It's, it's not even good. 
just whatever Matt does Vince Russo, just any idea he throws. Yeah. <laughs> just be like, yes. I was recently on the, my Star Wars podcast, the airing of Grievances. Go check it out. And the new episode that's coming out, we did a wheel of impressions of Star Wars characters. And I didn't know who was going to come up, so I practiced none of it because it wouldn't have mattered anyway, but being honest. And uh, I had to do Qui-Gon, and, it's, and I sounded like I was Adam Sandler and Little Nicky. <laughs> so- <laughs> I'm going to listen to that one now. <laughs> so just a heads up. There's your reason to check it out. Oh, go to figure. He used to do New Jersey Nets games on the Yes Network. Yes. That's impressive. Yeah. Hey, I mean, he still does games to this day. I'm fairly certain of it. I wanted to ask you a question, though. Okay. Yeah. We're just completely ripping apart good old Marv Alberts here. Or he Albert. was, he was, he was legit a voice of my childhood. I mean, oh, yeah. He, he was. Yeah. You get, if you're thinking basketball on NBC, even football, he did football as well. But if you're thinking basketball on NBC, it's Marv Alberts and that sweet intro music. Yes. That's, that's <laughs> all. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah. That sweet intro music every Sunday. If I could remix stuff, it would be, it would be that. Yeah. But it's so I can't do that. Uh, I just destroyed people's ears and I apologize. I think you brought back memories. Yes, and destroyed them right in front of uh, everyone who loved and adored the thing. And I apologize. What was your question? Uh, so did you have anybody locally? I, I know you're not in a huge sports market. I'm in a college basketball market, though. Yeah. Like, is there a voice like for us or for the people of Western New York, Buffalo area? Yeah. Uh, our voices is always have been, say, Van Miller who did the Bills game. So if you ever listen to anything with the comeback, they normally play Van Miller's voice where it was fandemonium, pandemonium. Yeah. And I remember Van Miller being a big part of my childhood, even though I hate the Buffalo Bills because my father was a Bills fan and he would not listen to the announcers. Like if he hated them a lot, he would yeah. turn down the TV all the way and then turn on the radio to listen to Van Miller while he watched the game. That's honestly, that's a huge testament to to that person that people would do that. That is pretty incredible. I like all the people that I consider voices of my childhood. I feel like most of them ended up going national anyway. Like Dick Vitale being a big one. Oh, you know, it's Diaper uh, Dandy, baby. Yeah, he's he's huge. Uh, for me, I even had his video game, not the bracket or anything. And the longest uh, title ever. Yes, but I played the heck out of it. Uh, I don't want to brag, but I was always the Carolina Tar Heels. And so I would, I don't, I don't know. I can't think of uh, like now, and I'm blanking on his name, but the Charlotte Hornets do have an announcer who's kind of, uh, become iconic in how he calls games because he'll always say some just really off the wall funny stuff and he's really good too on top of that it's him and del curry i'll remember steph's dad all day long but i can't remember because he was a player but i can't remember the other guy's name i'm sorry because he's really good but yeah it's but when it, when it comes to growing up and in my area i mean i live basically in the mountains of north carolina so there's <laughs> you know it's uh it's going to be 
pro wrestling related for me more than likely when it comes to that type of thing. And that's uh, one thing I did want to touch on because of voices of game, especially throughout sports history. I know a lot of people, Ooh, it's fake, but it's still real to me. Damn it. And Jim Cornette would not appreciate us saying the F word on here because we are, I I'm, I'm a call to Cornette member. I don't know if you fully converted yet. I have a complicated relationship with Cornette because we have a lot of takes that I think are just downright wrong. But then at the I, same time, I can't stop listening to him. So I, so I think he's really entertaining. Hate. I don't. There's no hate. I just disagree with a lot of stuff. I but I but I think he's incredibly entertaining, and I do love to hear his take on stuff. So yeah, and I and I've listened and I listen to. So I guess I might as well say I am. But I'm also going to say that when it comes to you like newer a, newer talent, there's a lot of them that I think he's missing out on. I think so too. Uh, another guy that we had locally is Rick Jenneret. He was the voice of the Buffalo Sabres for many, many years. Uh, just a really great voice. Yeah. And also, whenever there was a wrist shot or something and it hit the, the top of the net, one of the greatest catchphrases ever is top shelf where grandma hides the cookies or where mama hides the cookies or anything like that. And he did a lot of great things. Van Miller was a little bit more stoic and he would get excited, but he was really, really much straightforward. Rick Jenneret really had a lot of fun things and I'm not a Sabres fan at all, but there was a guy uh, for the Sabres named Stu Barnes. So whenever Stu Barnes would score, it wasn't just like score Stu Barnes. It was Stu Barnes. I love that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pat Pat LaFontaine. It was always Pat LaFontaine. Like (laughs) he brought a lot of energy. So Rick Jenneret, even though I was a huge Sabres fan and I did watch some Sabres game, that was, and I'm going to be honest, when I did watch the Sabres game, I wanted to hear Rick Jenneret. I want to yeah. hear the voice. There's, I mean, there's a lot of people that are like that. I, that I'm like that with. Uh, even today, there's people who I like to hear from when they're calling games. And uh, I mean, just think of all the iconic moments in sports that are amplified because you'll think of the calls that were made. There's a still by a bird, you yeah. know. Lay, I'm tossing up to DJ, lays it in, you know that kind of stuff. Or Havlicek steals the ball, you know. I'm just throwing out some Celtics. Yeah. stuff right now but you know what i'm saying you're just trying to get on my good side i am yeah i think i succeeded <laughs> i think you have but yeah those are oh those are classic ones but I, if i mean if you gotta go sport by sport there's there's a, you you look at the guys that made it fun or just got to the point there i can't remember his name jeez but there's an old football announcer who just called it like straight. Like if Bart Starr threw a touchdown pass to this wide receiver, uh, boy dollar, he would just be like star to dollar touchdown. <laughs> but people remember him for that, even though I can't remember his name. Yeah. He's, he's an older one, but then you got guys like Kirk Gowdy. That was absolutely amazing. Uh, John Madden. Oh, well, yeah. John Madden was probably the game changer where he made it more and more fun. And when you talk about, I think that's one of the, probably the gold standard of pairing of him and Pat Summerall. Cause Pat Summerall was very, 
here we go. We're going to go over. They're going to go for the touchdown, 10 yard run. And then John Madden for 90 minutes would be like, see what happened is, is this guy pulled the guard here and this guy pulled the guard here. And it just yeah. The, yeah. The key off. is, yeah. The key for having a partnership in sports when it comes to calling the games is you need one guy who paints the picture for you. Yep. And then you have the other guy who takes that picture and adds all the colors and stuff to it. Yeah. And both of these guys obviously know what they're talking about. Yeah. And that's what really makes a good team. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, that's why in pro wrestling, they kind of try to take that route too, right? They'll have a, a guy who sort of paints the picture, another guy who adds color and, and uh, more paint strokes to the canvas that's being presented there. I don't think that, and I may be biased, but. Oh, I'm definitely biased. I, I really don't think there's been a really great announcing team in pro wrestling since JR and the King. Puppies! Yeah. I don't. JR is probably the best. And I was psyched to watch AEW just to hear JR. But then I also have to hear what's his name? The mask guy. Because I was. So oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Excalibur. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Excalibur. Yeah. And then Tony Schiavone. If they were just kept at maybe like Tony Schiavone and JR. I think yeah, I'll have cool. I'll have no Shivani hate on my uh oh, on my platform. I love Tony Shivani. Okay, good because again, I grew up a WCW guy, so Shivani and Heenan are my goats. <laughs> you know who's underrated? As yeah. I go back and I watch old Thunders and stuff like that. Yes, I do. They do. <laughs> I have no. I too have done this. <laughs> Mike Tanay, completely yes. underrated. Okay, a million percent, a million percent. Always added stuff and he would bring up interesting fact factoids and things too during these matches and especially about probably the lesser known guys and gals he would bring up stuff right and it was always fascinating and the passion you could hear in his voice because that's another thing you got to be able to hear is the love of what they're doing and you also know you're good at your job when you kind of because all these people start local and then they get some of them get really big and some of them get so big that they become a part of pop culture to mm-hmm. the point where they're even getting uh, like people do impressions of them. Like we're trying to do, yeah. you know, even to the point where the impressions of the people are famous. Right. Uh, you know, like uh, Will Ferrell, you know, doing <laughs> Harry, Carey. Harry Carey, right. Is I would dare say as famous at this point in time as Harry Carey stuff. I yeah, because Frank Caliendo doing John Madden. Yes, um, yes. Uh, Rich Eisen breaks out his John Facenda impression. I one hundred percent believe that the voice of God will be the same voice that John Facenda had. Oh yeah. If you love NFL films or if you've ever heard it, just that the way that he delivers the line. There's a poem called "The Autumn Wind" that he plays over. Uh, Raiders highlights. Oh my goodness! I it, it'll get the blood flowing in the morning to get you where you're going. But just when he does the frozen tundra, Lambo yeah. field, the frozen tundra of Lambo fields. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's. I mean, those are other voices too of these of sports that are just so. Iconic. I mean, how can you imagine those NFL films without that voice there? Yeah, I don't like, I like the new guy, but I'm not a big fan. And the only other guy that noticed that could replace him was a guy named Harry Karras. 
I really like his voice, but John Facenda is like the gold standard. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's a given. I mean that's kind of how it goes with you know most thing. You know even I mean I I apologize to the people who are here for uh, quote unquote real sports, but going back to wrestling, I you know I mean even down to the ring announcers, just the way their voices are. You know, uh, like uh, Finkel throwing him out there as how yeah. a legend he was. You know, and it's just, uh, man, it's just. Uh, I, I want to also bring up who do you think is one of the uh, an a very underrated announcer who doesn't get brought up enough? Because I got a name perfectly in mind for mine. Underrated announcer. Yeah, like old or new. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Oh, mine's, te- oh. mine's technically going to be both because he's still doing it, but he's he's getting up there. <laughs> That nobody really, that nobody likes, or no, it's not that they don't like them. It's just, it seems like they don't get brought up, or they don't get. I like, uh, I like Mike Tirico. He's a little bit newer. He did Monday yeah. football and stuff. I thought Mike Tirico was pretty good. Um, geez, I'm trying to think of who else that I kind of just enjoy listening to. That's the only guy that really comes to mind right now. For me, most announcers I get pissed off at. For me, <laughs> in my opinion, there's this man who has been around the game of basketball for a long time, Hall of Famer, uh, coach, and now he calls games from time to time, and he's getting really up there. So it's going to be sad for me one day when he stops calling the games. But every time he's on, not only do I just love how his voice just sounds, but I feel like I'm getting a, uh, I'm getting, I'm learning things from him, even in a game that I've followed most of my life. I feel like I'm still learning stuff when he talks. Mm-hmm. Hubie Brown is who I'm going to go with for is an he incredibly still around. Yes, yeah, yeah, still calling games from time to time. Jeez, and he's got to be. Gosh, he's 80s easily, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like, I like Hubie. Oh. It's been a while. I like. I kind of like Jeff Van Gundy. There is he still calling? Yes, I, he's he was the other one I was going to bring up. I really like Van Gundy because Van Gundy <laughs> doesn't look like he should be anywhere near a basketball court. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Like I, and then all of a sudden you're like you're like oh his brother's in there too, and then you see his brother and you're like that's not his brother. That if you were to have some fun with Jeff Van Gundy. Just type him in your search and just find that fight where he's grabbing on to is it on the morning's <laughs> ankles or somebody? Yeah. I yeah, I, I like because uh, there's been a lot of like a great oh wow. When it comes to college football, Keith Jackson was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, Hubie Brown as of right now is eighty nine years old. He's still calling games. Still calling games. Yeah. I know Dickie V just retired, right? Yeah, I mean, he was going through some health stuff. Uh, thankfully, I think he's getting better, but he decided, I'm fairly certain he decided to retire. If you want to have some, there's some very fun announcers too, who I don't know if they're, if they know what's going on the whole time. And I'm talking about Bill Walton, of course. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I have one that I turned you on to at one point. And you were like, I want to know more about this guy in the, the voice of this former voice of the Steelers, but will always be known. Oh, yes. Heard, yeah. In Myron Cope. Yes. Yeah. And I have family in Pittsburgh and everything else. And this guy is probably the most amazing thing to be the voice of the Steelers. Because when most people think of the Steelers or anything like a Pittsburgh, it's a blue collar, hard nosed town. The Steelers always 
or power run, uh, just hard nosed defense, and you just have Myron Cope here. How you doing? That's a yoink. That's a double yoink. That's a yoink right there. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a triple yoink. And I gotta say that is probably the coolest voice and greatest thing I've ever seen is is Myron Cope doing just the way that he talked. The comedy aspect of it, and the one uh, did an episode about him for the two point conversation, and you find out that he he was a paint the picture guy. He was on the radio, and he wanted to let you know because he talked about you know you could hear somebody on the radio go okay he knocked back this guy he and he wanted to you know get a little cartoonish and exaggerate but like whoa he just knocked that guy right back into the stands oh my goodness did you guys see that. And so whenever I think of announcers and great voices and stuff like that and unique things, I always think of Myron Cope. Yeah, because that, that for me is what makes a great voice in sports. Someone who obviously knows what they're talking about, but aren't afraid to get a little silly with it, to show some personality. And also, though, you can tell there's passion there for what for the sport that they're covering, that they're talking about. If you have those three things, then it really, really, uh, really helps. I think, it, especially the passion. That's the main thing, in my opinion. You got to have a love for whatever sport you're calling, and it really comes through. I think no matter what your style is of of speaking or calling the game, if you don't have a passion there, uh, it's really easy to tell it. And if you do, then it's also in a good way easy to tell it. Another guy got you kind of. Showed you well, you kind of do him from wrestling, Mr. Bob Euchre. And that oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bob Euchre's probably and he's still calling games too for the for the Brewers. And he's always like, thinking about him getting choked by Andre. <laughs> and he's it's like a very he, iconic moment. <laughs> he's still calling games for the Brewers, and he's 89 years old, also. Oh man. <laughs> but you talk about a guy, as we said in the beginning, that not only was the voice of a team, but transcended into pop culture, Bob Euchre. It's got to be right up there with with Madden. Probably yeah. not as high, but even as a guy that transcended from that thing, it's got to be in the top five, top three. I mean, he he was the voice of Major League, even if it's yeah. the whole thing. I don't know how many people still quote him every time they see a game and they hear, you know, guy throws a wild pitch and they do the just a bit outside. Yeah. Everything else. Bob Euchre was great and just the way that he could – almost seamlessly transition because he's a baseball guy and there he is at these WrestleManias and getting choked by Andre the Giant and <laughs> telling, telling Andre the Giant when he put his hand on his shoulder to get his foot off of his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, he's fantastic. Oh, man. Yeah, I really like him too. It, it's it's just so great. Just these voices that we've been very lucky enough to have in sports that really make sports transcend even more. You know, it's kind of like how there's this very famous story for Jaws and Star Wars, both, I think, when we were first getting made, how they were good. But then when John Williams added the music to it, it just took it to another level. Yes. Right. And really made those movies what they are. The sports calls are the same thing, right? There's moments in sports that are incredible. But just when you have those voices behind those moments, that just just really makes those stand out even more. I mean, again, I'm gonna go pro wrestling. Who can't even think about the hell in a cell with Mick Foley being thrown off there? And as God is my witness, he's broken in half. Jr. screaming that. 
I can't think about that moment without that voice saying that as uh, one, one of my all-time favorite wrestlers is uh, I'm worried about him if he's alive or not. <laughs> you know? Or just wait, Jay. I think Jr. was like the best because I guess he wouldn't, he didn't want the quote unquote script. Right. Yeah. He wanted to be surprised by the action and want to be in it. the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Call it as it is. And just the, the by God and all that. And, uh, Austin, Austin, you know, just hearing them by like that is just absolute was absolutely amazing. Yeah, having having a distinct. I mean, we've already kind of alluded to this too, but having a distinct sounding voice, yes, is also pretty awesome when it comes to sports. Jr. had it. You know, we've already mentioned a bunch of other people who have a very distinct way that their voice sounds when they're talking, and that I mean, again, uh, you know, I can't think of those amazing Celtics moments without, you know, I just tell my bird, you know, uh, it's just, it's incredible stuff. And when the voice matches the team's personality other than the Steelers, but I think you kind of need a Myron Cope for the Steelers. Yeah. I think that's the ultimate thing. Too. But in a weird way, he did match though, because he become like iconic with it. And that, you know, it's the, you know, sometimes opposites do attract there and that's, and, and that will make the whole Great humanitarian too, Myron Cope. He is the creator of the terrible towel, and he gave a uh, school for children with disabilities the rights to the terrible towel. Just gave it over. So now every time you buy a terrible towel, those proceeds automatically get donated to that school. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I mean, even baseball, Vince Scully. Oh yeah, yeah. I like to listen to him. He was a good, pretty good football announcer, too. I didn't realize he did football until Matt and I watched the 1981 NFC Championship game. That was pretty interesting to listen to a baseball announcer called football. Uh, Brett Musburger is another guy transitioned from, you know, just the booth to pop culture in a way because he was in the water boy. <laughs> yeah, I was going to bring up um, Bob Costas. Yes. I was going to bring him up, <laughs> but again, I can't, but when he had, what was that show he had? I think it was on HBO. It was like a, it was like a sports interview show. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It was almost like a Barbara, Bar, oh, like Barbara Walters, but it was sports. Yes. Yeah. It was the, the, the <laughs> Barbara Walters. Yeah, yeah. Trying to try to make the RSWs. Yeah. yeah. I just, uh, I think it was him who was <laughs> interviewing Vince McMahon, and Vince McMahon got mad at him because of the questions went to him. I think it was. Oh, I think a lot of them. When he's asking about steroids. <laughs> there was a football player that beat the crap out of Jim Rome. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen that. His name was Jim Everett, and he kept on calling him Chris, the female tennis player. Yeah. And uh, and he looked at him, and he goes, goes, call me that one more time. He's like, oh, okay, Chris. <laughs> He beat the crap out of Jim Rome. In fairness, I would have got the crap beat out of me too, because if you tell me that I'm, I'm going to do it. <laughs> uh, I know we talked about this one before. Is the Yankee announcer, Bob Shepard, that was worked for the Yankees for years to the point where after he passed away or retired, Derek Jeter kept his audio yeah. and made sure that every time he went to the plate, it was played, you know, as Bob Shepard's voice. That's probably that. That's when you know you're great and you mean a lot to just the organization, the team, and everything else. Is that you just you need to just keep that in a loop of all the time. Are you a fan of Dick Edinburgh? I, I he's kind of 
What Chris Berman? Yeah, oh. that's a that's what I know for sure from ESPN stuff. Yes, Chris Berman, Chris Berman, and NFL Primetime. I know you're not like a huge football fan, but Chris Berman and NFL Primetime took. I feel the football highlight, and Matt would probably tell you he feels the same way too. Took the NFL highlight to another, to another level. The way that he did, like the whoops and stuff like that, as people are juking out. Yeah, the music behind each highlight. Like I still watch NFL primetime today, even though it's it's only on ESPN Plus. Like I still watch it every Monday morning. Uh but just that Chris Berman, the way that he made nicknames for everybody. Yeah, I, that made I, me think of uh, Stuart Scott when I, you when you bring it up. He was man. He was he was probably the biggest voice for me that I remember in basketball growing up was Stuart Scott. I just loved like the personality he brought to the game and stuff, and to ESPN segments and such. To the point where when he passed away, it really affected me. <laughs> Because it kind of felt like it was out of nowhere, and there was this guy that I really liked. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the ESPN has been, whether you like them or not, have been very fortunate to have some very iconic voices work for them. Yes, uh, my favorite Sports Center duo it will always be Dan Patrick and Keith Oberman, because mm-hmm. I always felt like it was just guys just calling the stuff. Not really like they're like, let's just have fun with this. There's a goaltender for he was playing for the Florida Panthers, John Van Beesbrook, and his nickname was the Beezer. And somebody scored a goal on him. And Oberman was like, and he beats the Beezer. And a lot of people and a lot of you guys probably know what that feels like. <laughs> I was like, yes, that's that's what I need. Yeah. And there was a big beef jerky sign I remember in the Kingdom in Seattle. And anybody that hit that sign, he'd be like, oh, and he hits the jerky. (laughs) Just underlining sexual jokes, but they were so great. I loved Keith Overman and Dan Patrick. Oh, man. Chris Chris Berman's just just absolutely amazing. I always thought he was pretty great. Is there, I don't know if there's anybody today. I mean, it probably sounds a little gatekeeping. But is there anybody today that you could feel that could match up to the guys of the past? Like everybody raves about Tony Romo. I feel Tony Romo is a poor man's John Madden. Again, I'm coming from the world of basketball. I think the closest one right now would be uh, Mike Breen, he does that bang thing. Anytime somebody hits a big shot, it's kind of become sort of iconic. Uh, so I would put him out there. Uh, yeah, because I know what you mean. I don't want to be gatekeepy. Like, I want younger people to get into stuff that I enjoy. But I know what you mean. Sometimes it's just so hard when, you know, it really does. <laughs> The older, older you get, you really do feel like the stuff that you grew up with was best. <laughs> yeah. kind of how it goes. Every generation does that. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's very tough. Mike Breen would be the one I could think of just off the top of my head. Uh, there's a lot of, I mean, we've been doing a lot of pro wrestling talk. There's actually been quite a few, I think, people who have who are pretty good that they've brought along from time to time. 
you know, I think McAfee's actually quite good at yeah, calling at calling stuff. Uh, but he's got the I know energy. He's, yeah, for sure. You can tell he's really getting into it and having a good time. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of tough, right? I thought you were gonna say Michael Cole. I was gonna just end the end the podcast. <laughs> I I will say that Michael Cole, when there's that brief amount of time where Vince McMahon wasn't there, and you could you one million percent notice the difference, as in he was so much better, and you could tell there's like a it's almost like he had a freedom, you know. <laughs> about it because there's a very famous story for those who don't know uh when Vince McMahon well I think he's probably doing it again to be honest but when Vince McMahon was running the WWF slash E uh after JR and you know had kind of retired or went on his way he overly produced as in you know you always see these announcers wearing headphones and he would be screaming at them on what to say next they brought in Mick Foley, one of the, and I'm very biased here, but one of the greatest voices in pro wrestling, one of the best talkers ever in pro wrestling, and said, "Hey, I bet he could be really good at calling matches and stuff." And uh, he lasted; it wasn't very long at all. And when he was interviewed about it, he goes, "I just couldn't take uh, Vince just screaming obscenities at me in my headset." <laughs> Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Have you heard him when he talks to Michael Cole through the headset? <laughs> yes. Even J- JR? Or uh, even like they were like, I just you, you can't do it. Like, it's so annoying. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to take it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think, I kind of think he kind of gets a, a bad rap. And uh, I don't, I think anybody in that position who could stick that out that long would do. Uh, Deserve some kind of medal. <laughs> yeah, Vince McMahon is very, very controlling. But I think that's. I think, is there anybody else you want to touch on? Or no, I got all the ones I wanted to talk about out of the way. I had uh, just my quick list of my top five that I wanted to talk about was uh, uh, Dick Vitale, good old Jr., Tony Schiavone, Marv Albert, and Hubie Brown. Those are the ones that I really wanted to make sure we brought up. Yeah, college basketball, I don't think we'll ever – because I know Jay Billis is – in the absence, I feel like Jay Billups is supposed to be the next. I feel like they're grooming him to be kind of like that next Dick Vitale position. But he's a different personality. I mean, you just can't match. He's annoying, and and he played for Duke. Yeah, see, I'm a Carolina guy, so – I will say I like Billis, but he's no he's no Dick Vitale. I mean, that's not even I don't even think it's fair. <laughs> so, okay, I wanted to go now that I'm thinking about it. So, do you want an announcer like Billis that you feel like if you were to talk to him, we don't. I feel like B- Billis talks down to people. Yeah, but do you think that's the whole Duke thing, though? Because I think that's I, sort of the reputation of Duke in the as a whole. But then you look at Dick Vitale, and Dick Vitale looks like a guy that you would meet at a bar. Yeah. You'd have a beer with, and you would just talk about the game, and he would never correct you. Or if he did correct you, he wouldn't be... It would be part of the conversation. It wouldn't yes. be going out of their way to make sure you knew you were wrong. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know okay. what you mean. Yeah. 
I yeah. think that's the difference between a lot of announcers like Troy Aikman and Joe Bach. I like them, but I feel like they would be that way. Yeah. I'm just going to correct you. I'm not. Gonna- and, and I'll tell you this. One of the greatest things about having social media in this day and age is anytime anybody for any sports calling a big game, you can go look on social media and just see those people getting just destroyed. It doesn't matter who they are online. Yeah. They'll just get like the most poor Reggie Miller gets drugged through the mud. And don't get me wrong, he says some ridiculous stuff <laughs> for okay. sure. But like you would think, like he's like literally going to these people's homes and beating their mom in front of them the way they act, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> That's horrible. I, yeah. And he's got a decent personality. Like he had a decent personality when he was a player. I like him. His only problem is he just says off the wall stuff. Like it's absolute fact. <laughs> Do you think Popovich is going to go to become an announcer if he ever retires? I don't think he could handle it. And I mean that as in, I think he'd get annoyed very fast. I think he'd get annoyed, but I think he would have, I think it would be fun because he would just like pause and get really angry. Oh, my favorite thing is his interviews. That's what I always been my favorite thing because they're very short and to the point. <laughs> like as in they're famous for that. That so he's because he's pretty much the Belichick. Belichick does that too for the yeah. Patriots. He does the it's it, it that's the famous line. It we're on the Cincinnati. Yeah. We're on wasn't there uh I want to say it was Coolidge. There's a president who famously didn't say a lot of words. And they were um, at a party and the and the and the story goes that these two guests were at this party. Like, I bet you can't get, I want to say it was Coolidge. It could be wrong. Uh, I bet you can't get him to say more than two words. So they walk over to the president and the other person goes, Hey, I was just bet that I couldn't get you to say more than two words. And I think I will. And the president looks at him and goes, you lose and walks away. (laughs) That's pretty good. Yeah. The only time I've ever seen Belichick talk was there was a guy, there was a a reporter that tried to compare another football player to Lawrence Taylor. And Belichick coached Lawrence Taylor for many years. And Belichick kind of like went off. He was like, Lawrence Taylor, really? You're going to compare this guy to Lawrence Taylor? You can't. You can't do that. We're talking about Lawrence Taylor. So there is a little bit of stuff going there. That concludes our episode for Voices of the Game. And a uh, big announcement. The Retro Sports Active, uh, the Retroactive Sports Podcast now has a YouTube channel where there is a Tecmo Super Bowl season going on. We're working on retro fantasy football and some other things over on that YouTube channel. So please go over there, check it out, and subscribe. And that is, and go to the Facebook page and follow that, like, and give that a follow as well. And that's just then. It was Calvin Coolidge. I looked it up, and I was right. <laughs> he was called Silent Cow. When was he president? Uh, 1920s. Okay. Before Harding or after Harding? Uh, I think he was man. after Harding, right? I think he's after, yeah. Okay. Yes, yes. He was at Harding was 23, and then 24 was Coolidge. You know, you got me messed up. I don't, when you say yes now, 
I don't know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like like oh, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> and then somebody says yes to me. I'm just gonna get be like, no, stop it. <laughs> but that is the end. And hey, Marv, take us out. Yes.